0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Welcome to Tech Buzz China. We're a new weekly podcast focused on bringing you the most relevant, interesting, and buzzworthy headlines in China tech. Seriously, guys, this is our very first episode That means you're an early adopter. Anyway, let me introduce myself real fast. I am one of your two co-hosts. My name is Ray Ma, and I live in San Francisco. I'm an angel investor, entrepreneur, and self-proclaimed China expert. Well, quite a few other people think so too. Anyway, I was born in China and worked there from 2007 to 2015, mostly in tech advisory and investing, and still go back regularly.
0: And I am Yingying Lu, your second co-host, also a resident of SF, also an entrepreneur, and also a self-proclaimed China expert. I lived in China from 2010 to 2014, overlapping times with Ray, and worked there as early as 2007. So for these types of situations, I'm usually the moderator or behind-the-scenes project manager. So being asked to provide commentary instead of getting to ask really probing questions is going to be an interesting experiment for me. Tech Buzz China is a part of Pandaily.com, a new English language site that tells you everything about China's innovation. Pandaily works with leading Chinese tech news outlets to translate some of their best news content. You may have noticed that our cover art for the podcast is that of pandas riding bikes. This is a cute nod to several things. First, obviously, Pandaily is named after pandas. Secondly, we're also giving a nod to the explosive popularity of bike-sharing services in China, which we'll actually talk about in a bit, and their emergence as a popular copy-from-China business. It's also a reference to the fact that in the old days, news used to be delivered on bicycles. (laughs) Yeah, I totally thought those pandas were riding mo-bikes in the artwork. Duh.
1: Okay, so we are not full-time journalists but people just like you who aside from being super smart, we hope, and are also super curious about the latest developments in one of the largest and most influential tech markets in the world. We see TechBuzz as an opportunity to give you some more color and context behind some of the most fascinating tech companies,
0: people, and trends. That's right, and we know that there are many other podcasts out there on China Tech, but while many of them do great deep dives into certain topics, We're just here to give you a taste of what's most current and top of mind. So you can think of some of them as sumptuous dinners, but we want to be your morning cup of coffee, the quick pick-me-up that gives you a lay of the land and gets you ready to go, except we're weekly. We are
1: your weekly cup of coffee. We are so awesomely strong, we can last you a whole week. And here we go, so your first sip for today is on the totally crazy story of the Chinese government shutting down a major content sharing app called Duanzi, which I totally will not bother spelling out. Neihan is a subsidiary of Toutiao, which by the way means headline, and is sometimes referred to as the most valuable AI company in China. Last December, it had a rumored valuation of about 30 billion dollars. So, 内汉 in Chinese officially means connotation, but on the interwebs, it's really more like innuendo, and duanzi means wisecracks or jokes. So yeah, it's a community where you can share funny stories, photos, and videos. Kinda like an FML plus 9gag plus whatever entertainment app you go to for short videos. It had a real community and real following. People seriously connected with this brand and would even put bumper stickers on their cars. And they even had a secret honk they used to self-identify as fans. And it had a lot of users, about 200 million of them by some reports. But it was shut down this week for being too vulgar. Let me read you what the CEO wrote in his very public apology. So quote, the product has gone astray, posting content that goes against socialist core values. It's all on me. I accept all the punishment since it failed to direct public opinion in the right way. So, Toutiao, which is famous for its AI-curated news app and for acquiring flippogram and Musical.ly, has been under heavy fire for the past few months from the government for inappropriate content and fake ads. For example, some ads were unlicensed or straight-up fake drugs, similar to scandals that plagued the search engine Baidu a few years back. So trouble has been brewing for a while, but it's still quite a drastic measure for the government to step in and require permanent closure. Usually, they just ask for a temporary break. So for me, actually, this was kind of a weird week, because in my English feed, I saw non-stop tweeting about Zuckerberg's congressional hearing. In my Chinese feed, on the other hand, it was all about Duans getting shutting down. It was really interesting to see two high-profile CEOs in two completely different markets apologize profusely for their products and taking personal responsibility two different markets two different outcomes now Zuck's performance if we can call it that resulted in a 4.5 percent gain which apparently if you do the math was about three billion dollars in stock value for him personally so, Total isn't a public company yet, but if you were a shareholder, how would you rate the CEO's handling of the matter? I personally think Total has a ways to go to convince the government that it's truly learned its lesson. It said publicly that it would beef up its content review team from 6,000 to 10,000 people. For reference, by the way, Facebook had about 7,500 as of February. But will that be enough? Will it be able to remain in the top Decacorns Club? Which, by the way, I learned recently is the proper way to refer to companies valued at billion or more. I don't know. What do you guys think? Anyway, that's enough about this Decacorn, so let's go on to another one, because
0: China has plenty of them. I understand you have a story about Didi, is that right? That's right. So this week, we have another big story about Didi Chuxing or the Uber of China, which is valued at $56 billion currently, so that's another Decacorn. Its primary business is ride-sharing, and it's launching a food delivery platform. So, actually, this story hasn't caused quite as big a buzz as the Toetel story by far, but it's really a clear indication of big brands going after new verticals. The news also comes barely two weeks after the major news of lifestyle site Meituan Dianping, or Meituan for short, acquiring Mobike, one of the world's largest bike sharing companies, for $2.7 billion. Now, that was big news. So here we have two examples of two big brands and market leaders essentially creeping into each other's spaces, not unlike Uber Eats, Yelp, and others in the on-demand space in the U.S. So as background, Didi Chuxing, or Didi for short, is China's answer to Uber. In fact, it acquired Uber China back in 2016. Today, it's the clear market leader in China's massive ride-sharing space. It's got over 400 million users. That's close to half a billion, and it's well over the total number of people in the U.S. Didi has called its new food delivery service simply Didi Mai or Didi Food Delivery, and launched in nine cities, including Wuxi, Nanjing, Chengdu, Xiamen, and several others. So note that none of these are first-tier cities. I think Didi did this to test out their service before going big in a market like Beijing or Shanghai. Whatever the reason, it's clear that Didi has been plotting this move into a vertical market for quite a while now. For example, in 2015, Didi invested in Elema or ELE.ME, which was recently acquired by Alibaba for almost 10 billion. So another decacorn. At the time, Elema was a growing company that could only deliver within a 3-mile radius. So linking with them gave Didi the promise of eventually being able to deliver everywhere. So shifting gears a little bit about Meituan Dianping, it is the world's fourth largest unicorn. It's itself the result of a really big groundbreaking merger between lifestyle giants Meituan and Dianping. Prior to the acquisition of Mobike, Meituan for short, had already provided on-demand services ranging from food delivery to ride hailing and has even been developing self-driving cars. So Mobike was also one of the market leaders, if not the leader in bike sharing, which really took off in late 2016. So in case you haven't visited China in the last couple of years, I can describe to you a trip I took there in March 2017. And I had a reunion with some local friends who literally sat me down, this is in Beijing, and told me about their awe of waking up one day and there were just bikes everywhere. You can see that even as folks well attuned to the pace of the rise and fall of different urban trends, they were just totally in awe of how these teams had executed quickly and how fast the trend had spread. I remember, you know, just sitting there in that moment for me of really taking in their awe and excitement and explaining how this phenomenon was affecting their everyday lives. It was a very visceral time of just realizing that the tide was shifting. Indeed, we often cite ride-sharing as one of the most prominent examples of a growing trend of copy from China. In the US, for example, we soon after saw former Tencent exec Brad Bao create Andreessen-funded Lime Bike. And today on the streets of San Francisco, we see all sorts of ride-sharing bikes in multicolor, not unlike, though on a much smaller scale, than those in China. Fast forward though to late 2017 and early 2018, now bike-sharing is almost old news. In fact, people are complaining about how the excess number of bikes are cluttering the streets and making it really hard to walk. They are also beginning to view the waste created as a sign of environmental thoughtlessness in gaining market share, not to mention burning VC money in the process, not unlike battles between leading on-demand services in the U.S. Taken together, the stories of Didi getting into food delivery and the somewhat older story of Meituan acquiring Mobike show that lifestyle and on-demand companies are both consolidating and building into other verticals. Combine that with ample VC money to fuel battles for users, we can definitely expect to see more innovations in these types of sectors. As Meituan and Didi go into each other's territory, consumers are the ones to benefit, at least for now. So there we
1: go, that's the end of this week's highlights that we wanted to share with you. Just to recap, we talked about a major content sharing app getting shut down by the Chinese government, partly for fake ads, but a lot also for disseminating content that harmed the public good. A kind of bizarre world version of what happened this week in DC would suck in the congressional hearings here.
0: That's right, Ray. We then talked about Didi getting into food delivery and touched a bit on the acquisition of Mobike by Meituan Dianping. Though a lot of you might know the term BAT, which stands for Baidu, Alibaba, and Tencent, the largest tech companies in China and the most active acquirers domestically and probably abroad. We are seeing the addition of players such as Didi and Meituan Dianping. So actually, collectively, TMD is a new term for Mei Meituan, and Didi combined. That's right. Okay, that's all for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. We really enjoyed putting this together
1: and are always open to any comments or suggestions. Fan mail is cool too, hint hint. Or Bitcoin. Yeah, just kidding. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Pandaily, that's spelled The Pandaily, T H E P A N D A I L Y. And I have a personal Twitter account as well.
0: It's Ray Ma, spelled R U I M A. And my Twitter is spelled G I N Y, G I N Y, kind of an anagram of my name. So don't be a stranger. See you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks.